0: Hello, and welcome to Lionheart Podcast. This is the first podcast for Wednesday in the Word. I'm very excited to study the Bible together, to learn, to grow together, and um, I just look forward to having this you know, time every week with you. So let's open up in prayer. Lord, we thank you, God, for your Word, that it's perfect, God, that, that we can learn from it, God. We ask that you would just help us to have insight today into your, into your Word, into this book of James, and we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So I know some of you might be listening along, which is great. But if you can, open up your Bible and let's read it together. Um, There's just nothing like actually opening up the Word and studying together. Um, I know like so many people have the Bible on the phone um, or they just listen. Like I have the Bible on my phone too, but it is not the same at all as when I can actually open up my Bible and read it. it. It's just nothing like it. So if you can, that would be awesome. So let's start. James chapter 1. I decided to start with James because there's so much, obviously, in in the word that we can apply for everyday life. But I really feel like the book of James has so much in it for the day to day. And I think you'll kind of see that as we go through it. So James chapter 1. James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. Greetings, my brethren. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, where you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Okay, few verses here, but it's already super hard, <laughs> so I don't know about you, but when I'm going through a trial, it is so hard to count it all joy, to have my mind be joyful about it. Now, I will say there are times when I've been going through something that I can, I have that insight that I can see that this is helping me and shaping me to be more like Jesus. And that does help. But I think we could do that more and really focus on the fact that this could produce something really good if we let it. I don't think that it has that all in there for no reason. It will shape how you see the trial. So verse five If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it'll be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double minded man, unstable in all his ways. Now this has so much in it, um so the the first part where it talks about the wisdom. This is this verse has been made very encouraging to me many times because I definitely have prayed this prayer lots for the wisdom. And I really feel like God has answered it in different circumstances. Um, And then the second part with the not letting that doubt come in, you know, and not expecting anything from the Lord has really discouraged me many times. Because, you know, I could be praying about something and then that doubt just creeps in. And I'm like, oh, no, I shouldn't expect anything from the Lord, you know. Um, But... Not until recently did I see that it, it's actually worded a little differently. Listen to See if you catch it. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. I see it connected now to the asking for wisdom part. So I never really saw that it was like that, that but there for, for, you know, asking for wisdom, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. So maybe it's not for every circumstance because... Maybe it's specifically God is saying about the wisdom part when you're asking for God for wisdom. I don't know what you guys think. Let let me know how you see that. Okay, now we are at verse nine. Let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation, but the rich in his humiliation, because as the flower of the field, he will pass away. For no sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat than it withers the grass. Its flower falls and its beautiful appearance perishes. So the rich man also will fade away in his pursuits. I think these three verses is, is, is focusing mostly on like, you know, we, we shouldn't be focusing on on money, on goals and dreams. You know, these like some people get so focused on on achieving certain things, you know, their pursuits that they're really not focusing on the main purpose of life. You know, our main purpose is to give God glory and to share the gospel. You know, it, it shouldn't be about our outward appearance. It shouldn't be about um, money Because that stuff will all fade away, it will all pass away, and none of it will matter anymore. But what you do for the kingdom of God matters. So verse 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Okay. So <laughs> there are so many temptations that can be at us every day, whether it's from our own mind, from outside sources, from evil. There's so many different, you know, <laughs> ways that can come at us, but never, ever, ever is God tempting us. That is not the kind of God that that we love, that we serve, he's not one that's just going to throw temptation at you, you know, just to see how you do with it, you know? Does he test us? Do we go through through certain things? Does he allow certain things? Yes, but he does not tempt us with evil. When we decide to let evil, um, like it says, when you decide to entice, you know, get uh, drawn away and enticed, and then you let that that sin give birth, and you let it grow, it brings forth death. I kind of picture like, <laughs> it's going to be It's kind of weird, it's kind of silly, but I picture like this really ugly flower and you're watering it and you're letting the sun shine on it and, and it is just growing to this ugly, beastly flower and it will just bring forth death. So I know that's kind of strange to think of it as that way, but I do. I think of it like you're just you're letting this thing fester and grow and it's just taking over and it's ugly. So we really have to make sure sin is not reigning in our lives. Okay, we are at verse 16. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we might be at the kind of first fruits of his creatures. So this verse always could... Nowhere else in the Bible is God referred to as the Father of lights. I think that's really beautiful. (laughs) I think it's really unique. So I want to say that I have always, always, always thought of everything that's good in my life coming from God. No matter what, he gets the glory. He deserves it. Every good thing was from him. And I just, you know, I just want to note that and share that. What do you guys think about that? Is that how you perceive things that are good in your life? Because I think it's so important to know that every good thing comes from him. And I actually want to stop here because... There's so much that we can cover, and I I don't want to rush it because the rest of the chapter has so much stuff in it that's important, really important, like really important to dive into. So I just thank you guys for getting into the Word with me on this Wednesday in the Word, and I look forward to next week when we go and finish the rest of James chapter 1. God bless you guys.